Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe. Now introducing your show hosts, Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Gaines, and Ed Mann. Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Devs and a Maybe. My name's Ed Mann and today we're very lucky to have good friend of the show, Joe Watkins on. How you doing, Joe? I'm good. Hi, everyone. Great to have you back on the show, man. It seems like ages that we last spoke. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. Yeah. You know, first things first, how is the internet situation? Well, I gave up on satellite internet. Oh, how come? Oh, because when it rains hard, <laughs> I still need to go on the internet. It was good. It was up to 30 megabits a second, which is quite fast for satellite internet. But then at peak times, it would drop down to like 0.03 megabytes a second. And it just, you know, 256k is no good. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's brutal. But I do love the fact that the weather has a massive pa- impact. It makes sense, but uh, it just makes you laugh a little bit. It's like, why is it raining? It doesn't even have to rain. There just, could just be clouds in the distance in between you and the satellite and the water in the clouds is enough to disrupt the signal. And it's, it's too, it's too um, fragile. So um, what I did was um, I went to like Movistar, which is, you know, it's um, O2, it's Telefonica. Um, I went to Movistar and I said I need um, an internet connection at home and they'd done a line test and said, yeah, we can only give you one megabit a second. And I was like, no, I need a proper internet connection. Um, send an engineer out. And they, they sent an engineer out and the engineer said, one megabit a second is not going to be any good for you. And they and they and instead they gave me um, a 4G router. It's unlimited. Um, the, the bandwidth is unlimited. But it's only it's only twenty megabits a second. But I mean that's good enough to like watch Netflix. I mean even two TVs can watch like Netflix at once. So it's, it's good enough. Hell yeah! I mean that's awesome because I know that you were you were, you were making the, the weekly trip to uh, your local mobile shop operator shop to pick up SIM cards. Yeah, yeah. That was at least now it's all unlimited. That's great, man. Yeah, now it's now it's unlimited. It's pretty good. Awesome. Lots of tweeting been going on. First one, actually, that I'd like to talk about is, um, so you, you did a, you did a, I think it was a tweet last month, uh, and it was about PHP and designs, you know, designing things in PHP. Uh, and then you, you did a follow-up uh, blog post on it called PHP Allows for Design of X. I'm just wondering kind of, you know, what, what was the, you know, the impetus for the tweet and kind of the, not the backlash, but, you know, like kind of the, the feedback, uh, you know, from the tweet and then the yeah, subsequent blog post. Okay, well, you know, I write a lot of extensions and um, I don't make a lot of noise about them mostly. I mean, I'll chat with them. If you ask me about them, I'll chat with you about them. But I don't write a blog post for every extension and do like my own marketing and that sort of thing. I write them and if you want to use them, that's fine. And if they get a big user base, I'll put effort into maintaining them. I write a lot of these extensions, you know, user interface and threads and things that other people just can't do. And always the response is... Um, it, it come up on Reddit a few months after I've written it or whatever, and the response is always, just because you can, it doesn't mean you should. And PHP wasn't designed for this, and it wasn't designed for that. And it's being said by people who actually haven't really got any idea what, what PHP was designed to do. Um, they're PHP programmers. They couldn't make PHP do any of these things if they wanted to. And, and it really annoys me. I know, I know it seems a bit petty, but it really annoys me. I put a lot of effort into writing these extensions, and I, and I think it's important to expand the horizons of PHP. I know that there is a large section of the community that rely on PHP for their living, 
and they don't have any other languages and they don't have time to learn any other languages because they've got a real life and uh, they, don't, they don't have time to sit down and read another 40 books or whatever. And I'm mindful of that when I'm writing these things. I, I just got so annoyed with people always saying, oh, it wasn't designed for this and it wasn't designed for that, that I tweeted probably in a, in a bit of a bad mood. I see these threads come up on Twitter and I ignore them because I just think, well, whatever, take it or leave it. But then after, you know, after the hundredth time, I mean, anyone's going to lose patience. And I just no, tweeted, completely concur. I just tweeted, stop saying PHP wasn't designed for X. It's, it's a nonsense thing to say. I suppose the first thing is, where is the general consensus or the, the you know, the actual definition of what PHP is meant to be? Well, I'll tell you where it is. It's in the first sentence on the php.net website. It, cl- it says, it, the first words you read are, PHP is a general purpose programming language. And it is. And it is. I mean, it, it, obviously, we all use it for the web. And obviously, all of the internal developers have got our eye on the web. But... It's a fact that it's general purpose. It, it, it does not need to be used for only websites and only templating and only this and only that. It's always said on the website. I mean, you know, like a lot of authors will call their books a bestseller before it's actually even on the market. Well, PHP is always said PHP is fast. PHP is a general purpose programming language. Saying it was fast in PHP 5 was... I mean, it's faster than other interpreted languages, but it was sort of a calling it a bestseller before it was really sold. But in PHP 7, when it says PHP 7 is fast, I mean, PHP 7 is fast by any reasonable measure, not, not, not just fast compared to previous versions of PHP, but fast in its own right as a, as a language. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think, I mean, in the blog post, you know, you do highlight a lot of, you know, good points, which is, you know, the people that are saying this, typically think of php back in the day like php is a templating language back in the day and stuff and you know they don't know the new php 7 they may understand php 5 and they've gone on to other languages and whatnot but yeah it's a general purpose language such as python such as ruby yeah i don't know whether ruby and python get the hate that php does just because of its past i'm I'm, I'm not sure python has got python has got really advanced extensions really advanced like um JITs and, and, and the kinds of things that we dream about in, in PHP. That's got all that, and it has done for years. UI extensions, all that stuff, and nobody says anything. And kids use it to program in school, and nobody says, oh, but it's not a real programming language. It is a real programming language, and so is PHP. This is a stupid debate about um, what's a, a proper a proper programming language. It's a dumb a dumb debate. And I, 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 I mentioned in, in the blog post there... I said something that I was kind of called out on. I said um, that it's difficult to write code in C. I'm a C programmer and it's difficult to write code in C that's as efficient as the code then generates. And when I said that, a couple of people said to me, what what do you mean by that? I mean, that's not true. Well, it is true because I don't know how much time everyone actually spends writing C applications, but I spend quite a lot of time writing C applications. And let me tell you, they're complicated. There's nothing in C. There's no dependency manager there's no single thing if you want a data structure you have to design the bits yourself you have to do everything yourself and what i meant by that was code of comparative complexity when when you write an application in c you have to write the data structures you have to write the memory allocator you have to write the concurrency support you have to do absolutely everything yourself and that stuff is hard work php has got all that stuff built in 
and it's been developed by skilled programmers for the last two decades. Now, when when I say that it's difficult to write C as efficient as, as PHP, I mean that it's not impossible. I mean, you can do it, but you have to put in so much effort that it's becoming unreasonable to write things in C where they could be written in PHP because there's no there's no discernible difference. If if your code needs to, to do the same sort of work as what a PHP script does, you know, um, model data and respond to requests and things like this, this all requires such complicated C code that you might as well write it in P or, or be in PHP or another language. But there's no there's no there's no point in any anymore talking about writing C for efficiency because it there's no efficiency to be gained um, by by writing C. I can't. You can't even JIT Zendop codes to be faster than they execute. You can't do it because Zend has worked with Intel and they've worked with all the right people and they know what they're doing and they and they're focused on it and they put effort into it. And and when I, when I said it was when I said it was as difficult, I mean it's difficult to write to write that code. It really is difficult to write that code. Um, you you it, it, you might as well use PHP because it does an excellent job of it. No, absolutely, man, absolutely. And I don't think it's fair. Like you're giving these out for free, essentially. You know, this is free work that you're doing, and it's you know the kindness of your heart. You're providing this stuff. So if someone doesn't actually want it, just they should just ignore it. Then they shouldn't say like, "Oh, PHP shouldn't do this," and then pigeonhole PHP. I put PHP in as like the Ruby and as the you know. The, the Pythons of the world. And I don't know whether they get the, the hate that PHP does. And I think it is just because of prehistorically, you know, the way PHP has come to be. But yeah, I, I think people sadly are very much in the mindset, you know, you'll hear the stories, you'll hear the jabs, you hear, you know, every, all these different camps of programmers, will, you know, the mocking of the language will be PHP that they'll mock. You know, I was a PHP developer, you know, don't don't shoot me for it or something. And, and I don't understand that because being a PHP developer now, to me, the tool that kit that I get with being a PHP developer is as good, if not better, and the community around it than other languages that I'm, you know, a part of and that I use. So, I, I still don't understand why people would go down that route and, and you know hit it, you know, in, in that in that regard. I mean, if you want to if you want to mount an attack on a piece of work on on legitimate grounds, then then do it, but don't repeat things like PHP wasn't meant to do this and it wasn't meant to do that. It, it is so flexible that anything that comes along, you've got to say, well, PHP does do that. It's a general purpose language. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, you can't say it, that it wasn't designed for that. It was precisely designed to allow you to do whatever you want. And or to solve problems. And, and, and to some extent, that extends into userland. I mean, the code you can write in userland is sometimes unreasonable, but PHP will try to execute it anyway. And... If you can't make what you need to make in userland, the internal API is mature and well-tested and, and vast, and it lo- allows you a great degree of control over how PHP works, and, and it's designed to. Uh, it's not an accident that you can write a threading extension, and it's not an accident that people can write concurrency libraries in userland like React and things like that. There's no accident. It's, it, it, it's meant to do those things. It's not just meant to render your templates or whatever it is um general purpose in the real sense of the word no absolutely and it's got a massive community it's got great people in the core and it's tried and true and tested like you can't knock php for the fact that it's it runs most of the internet and a lot of developers know it and it's understandable and there's a reason why lots of people use it and then people say oh well 
those those sites are mostly just work well okay they're wordpress whatever wordpress is not the best code in the world but it doesn't matter it works people use it they make a living they make a good living out of it they feed the kids they buy their house do you know what i mean what matters what actually matters that that i think that matters more that people actually use it than what what the people think it's meant to be used for use it for whatever you can use it for i'm not i'm not i'm not saying always use php i tried to explain this in in yeah, the, and, and it is hard. I think I think that's hard point to make, isn't it? When you're saying you, you can use PHP, but don't use it for everything. But a, you know, a, t- a true polygon and an understanding of it, you'll realise that yes, you don't want to use PHP for everything. It's just it can be used. But like I said in the blog post, when, when I mean, I consider myself polyglot. I can say I write in whatever language you want me to write in, and. When someone gives me a task, I don't immediately start at the worst language I know, which is JavaScript, incidentally, and, and work my way up to a suitable language. That's not how it works. When you're given a task, you, you, you're already modeling the task the moment you started communicating details. You're modeling it in your head and you're thinking, how, how am I going to... You're not thinking specifically about a language. The language comes after that and it, and it, and it comes as a result of understanding what you've been told to do. And you don't start with the worst and end up at the best. You you start somewhere reasonable. And um, so I'm not saying use PHP for absolutely everything. I'm saying if PHP is on your radar for a particular task, then give it a go. Make your prototype, get your work done, uh, make your money. If you find out that PHP is limited in some serious way and you can't, you can't work around those limits, then you've got plenty of time because PHP was so rapid to prototype in that you've got plenty of time to write in another language or another whatever. You can use other tools if you like. But if PHP is on the radar, don't discount it just because of some nonsense about about what PHP is meant to be used for. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's the community around it. It's the packages around it. It's, it's everything that contributes to be a language. And the fact that you've had years of PHP, you know, constantly being used and constantly being refined both in the core and at the user land level yeah, it's a very good choice for a lot of different problems. And, and at the end of the day, as programmers, we're problem solvers. It doesn't matter if it's programming language that we use or if it's you know something in the real world to solve that problem. We're just using it as a toolkit and it's a tool belt. And there are some languages that are more fit for certain things, but it only in, in the sense that, and I think you, you, know, you quite rightly did it in the blog post saying it's very much domain specific and it's specific on the fact that, okay, well, if I write my code in a very you know, kind of new, fresh language, I'm, you know, that's great. That's awesome. You know, maybe I'll get some nice features out of it. How will I maintain it? What developers will, like, will want to come and work on this code base? Maybe it will be completely gone in the, you know, you know, with PHP, what you're getting, you understand that it's going to be around for a while. You understand the communities there. You understand that there are, you know, there are people who know the language and happily to adopt and use, you know, work on your code base. Anyway, talking about some cool extensions though that you are working on and the work that you do, I personally, you know, I'm you know very grateful for the work you do and you know the way that you'll be able to push this language forward. Uh, and one of them, which is just blowing my mind at the moment, is the concept of it's IDGB, so IDBugger. Would you mind explaining that for the audience then? What is IDBug? Okay, we already have um, XDebug and PHP Debug, and some IDEs have got their own proprietary. Um, debuggers for PHP. Um, PHP debug I wrote quite a lot of and it's great. Was that one of the first, sorry, was that one of the first, that was, along with threads, that was one of the first things that you worked on in the PHP core, wasn't it? I can't remember, to be honest. <laughs> it, all, it all melds together. Yeah, I think, no, I think I'd had to go a fair few RFCs before I 
had enough knowledge to be able to write a debugger, I think, but I can't really remember. But uh, yeah, we did write PHP debug, not just me, but me and another guy and another guy. And it literally has been me and another guy and another guy. I mean, PHP debug's been out for four and a half years or something and has had 20 or 30 contributors, most of them very, very minor. Um, Xdebug has been out for, I can't remember, I, uh, I guess it's been eight and a half years or nine years or something and has had in the order of, has had in the order of 50 contributors. Comparatively complex PHP projects such as PHP Unit or PHP Stan. Uh, PHP Unit's been out for um, the same sort of time as uh, as Xdebug has on GitHub and has had 342 contributors. Now, that's complicated software, PHP Unit, and so is PHP Stan. PHP Stan's been out for a couple of years and has had 70 contributors already. They both rely on the sort of knowledge you need to really manipulate PHP into doing what you want, which is what you have to be able to do to write a debugger. PHP debug's good, but um, it doesn't. It only really gets used for code coverage at the moment. And Xdebug is excellent, but it's very large and it slows down your code. And um, a lot of people find it difficult to set up. Well, Idebug is based on the idea that we can write. We can write almost all of a debugger in PHP. That's to say, the interface, or if you want remote protocol or, or, or whatever, the debugger itself, the engine, can be written in. PHP, the, the the bridge that actually allows you to manipulate Zend and disassemble PHP code, that has to be written in reasonably, it has to be written in C. So I wrote one extension called Inspector, which is a disassembler and debug kit, so it can set breakpoints and disassemble PHP code. And that's all you need to be able to write a debugger in userland. It provides everything you need to write really a quite advanced debugger. I, I haven't I haven't got that far with it yet, but there's no reason to think that it can't do all of the things that Xdebug does, um, bar profiling, because, uh, I mean, that's what makes Xdebug slow, actually, uh, it partly. So that's the idea. I, I, I want I want um, the debugger to be written in PHP because I want the talent of the community to write it. I don't want to... Um, I'm good at doing the extension stuff, but I don't really have time to maintain a huge code base like a debugger. But between the community between me and the community and me and a couple of other core developers in the community, it, it's easily doable. And the kind of the kind of advantages you get out of that, I mean, assuming that Inspector becomes a de facto part of PHP installations, which is not unreasonable, everyone's got uh, Weedis and Memcached, and none of those things are standard PHP installation stuff. So assuming that Inspector becomes um, widely disseminated, you'll be able to install a debugger with Composer and... That is remarkable um, because it, it means you don't you have no you have no you have no setup when when it, when you compose a require the debugger and open and execute you know vendor bin i debug you're presented with a debugging interface which can autoload all of your code and disassemble all of your code and you can write your own commands because they're in PHP and they're really simple and you can deploy this if, if you've got like a complicated team and you need you can you can bend it to your your will. At the moment, a, a debugger, X debug, or PHP debug is just a brute. The, the the things it has are just a brute fact. You can't extend them. Uh, you you can't add some feature to X debug or PHP debug unless you're a C programmer of the caliber of Derek or 
or one of the guys who worked on XD, on PHP debug with me. So that's that's the idea behind it. I want to I want to push the actual innovation part of the debugger into user land and let let the um, let the boring complicated bit stay in C, but let the innovation be done by anyone who who can write PHP. That's that's kind of the idea behind it. That is a very very cool idea, and I think you know it's one of the it, to me that is a winning idea that push you know there is as you say there's a massive wealth of talent in the php user land kind of library space open source space and if you can push it into the language like php which it can do this you know and it is usable in this way you get a lot of ideas that you never even thought of uh, innovation that you never thought of and yeah the most the best thing of all is you let other people deal with it as opposed to you where you can deal with a very thin layer that you know you can you know mature and you can standardize on uh, and you can let other people build on top of and yeah i think that's a great great way of you know tackling it uh, what made you think of this idea then well i i started writing inspector 2 years ago but i was recently updating it well actually the idea cuz okay php debug and xdebug they both work in the same kind of way what they do is they override the actual vm loop so that they can interrupt each instruction to detect if there's a breakpoint on that instruction or to detect if there's something to do on that instruction other than execute the instruction. Now, this is fine, and PHP Debug does rather a good job of it. That's why it can do code um, coverage collection extremely fast compared to XDebug. But still, um, still, this is not um, reasonable. Um, it's not a forward thinking because you can't do that to machine code, and at some point, PHP will be machine code. Now, in machine code, the way you insert a breakpoint in machine code is that, okay, so machine code is just a stream of characters, okay, in memory, yeah, in an executable part of memory. They're, they're, li- they're literally uh, bytes. They're just like um, Zen.codes. They're, they're executed by the CPU as a stream, okay? Now, instructions can be of a varying length, okay? So in machine code, the um, solution to inserting a breakpoint in some code is to change the first byte of the instruction where you want the breakpoint to occur to zero times CC, uh, which is uh, interrupt three. It's one byte, which means you don't have to know the length of um, that instruction. You just have to change that one byte, and when you hit that breakpoint, put the byte back the way you found it, and the program will carry on as normal. So I was working on Inspector, updating it for the most recent versions of PHP, and I thought, well... Why, why don't we? Why don't we have breakpoints like that? Zen doesn't doesn't know what a breakpoint is, but it doesn't actually need to. It turns out that you can you can use this same technique, changing the instruction rather than overriding the executor in Zen, and it works. I tried it. I wrote a sort of. I spent a night writing a sort of scrap code debugger based on this breakpoint, and it works really well and it's really fast. And I mean, the overhead is literally nothing. If you run code with iDebug and you've got no breakpoints, it will run as fast as it does under PHP. No difference. That's remarkable for a, for a debugger, for a debugging environment. It means when you're debugging extremely complicated, what might be quite slow code normally, you don't, you don't have to worry about it being made even slower. And a lot of the time, you know, code will misbehave because of, because of timing. If, if, if it runs slower, you may not be able to see the bug that you saw when it ran at full speed. Because you manipulate the environment and, yeah, you're kind of slowing it down with more cycles, more, you know, codes to run. 
and and you may not hit the same bug. So that's that's um, one of the problems of using debuggers is that they do change the performance of your code normally. That that was what gave me the the idea. Um, I, I can't remember. What, I was working on. I was using the um, machine code breakpoint stuff for working on. Um, um, I mean, I mean, weak references. And then I was working on Inspector, and I just sort of thought of the the idea of having these new kind of breakpoints, and it worked really well. So I wrote support for it into Inspector, and then started. Uh, well, I, I originally I, I just um, I put I tweeted the gist with with some code. PHP code that was a debugger and it was like one script it was a bit of a mess but it was a debugger that was written in PHP and um, originally I I didn't want to sort of start the PHP project myself I, I I wanted other people to do it but then when I actually when it actually came down to writing some of the commands it, it relies on sort of domain specific PHP knowledge that only like a handful of people have got and probably not that many probably not that many PHP developers yet. So I so I put the core of it together so that everyone can come along and not focus on like the internal stuff which I'm doing and and Bob has just become involved in it as well. He helped write PHP debug. So um, yeah, that was that was the that was the idea about it. That's so cool. And I suppose you can think, you know, at the moment, you've just initially kicked off the project, and there's just so much stuff that you can you know do and kind of explore in this domain. Yeah, it's, it's it's good fun as well. I, I I hope people do get involved because that's what will make it really great. I mean, I I, I can write it, but um, I think it will be really great if other people get involved. I think the amount of hours that could be put into it are just vast if, if other people get involved. So that's what I want really. And, and another thing you've so you, a couple of other things that you've been working on extension wise. Uh, I noticed that UOPS got PHP seven support recently. Uh, and it required a lot of changes, you know, internal changes. I know that I think we spoke about on the podcast like last year about, you know, kind of changing new ops to four PHP seven. Uh, it'd be interesting maybe, you know, to kind of go into a little bit of detail about, you know, what I mean, kind of at a low, at a high level of what the changes were required and, you know, how much work actually went into it. Well, it changed. It required me to change the appy. UOPS is not an extension you should ever use. Um you should ever deploy what you should do is use it for unit testing and that's really what it's focused on so the way it does stuff is not conducive to 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 um uh, release environments it should only be used in a unit testing space it used to do things um like run kit like override functions when it came to php 7 things are different for one thing it used to be that code in the op cache was copied out of the op cache before it was executed in any process. Op cache doesn't do that in PHP seven. You you are executing code from the shared memory, so everyone is executing the same actual addresses. Is that to make it quicker? Then the fact that it doesn't have to do that copy operation. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah definitely. One of the problems with that, obviously, is that if you want to override a function in one context, but you don't want to override it in another. You have to do all kinds of jumping about depending on whether opcache is loaded or not. And it just became so complicated that it it was so fragile. And and the, the point of UOPS, I, I actually just wrote it for work. And the point of it is just to run our test suite. It became so fragile that the test suite started crashing. And it was like a nightmare trying to get it to work. So I just thought, well let's just take another approach and came up with a different kind of appy that you could that you could still set the return value for a function but you didn't actually delete the function you didn't touch the function and that worked well for us so that's the road i went down for that but um 
UOPS is really bad. I mean, and it's not. I mean, if you if you're using UOPS, you're doing something wrong. We use it because we've got a lot of legacy code and we're working through it. If you if you're starting out a new project and you're pulling in UOPS, you're doing something wrong because it does bad things. This is it. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be altering. You know. I mean, it's the fact of like in PHP. You know, obviously exit statements, maybe in code, test code, whatnot, and yeah. messing around. You know, bad d- software design essentially that's not allowing you to test this in a good isolated manner. Uh, but you know, UOPS does solve a problem where you've got a legacy code base and you want to get it under test and yeah. you want to have confidence. That's an ideal place for it. But like you say, you're striving eventually to get rid of it. You're not striving to put it in in place. You're trying to get rid of it as much I as anything. I didn't really even want to make it support PHP 7 because it means we're still doing something wrong. And and I didn't want to write it when I first wrote it. And I didn't want to I didn't want to upgrade it. And eventually I hope to drop it. And I, and I know people are going to be annoyed about that. But it is bad. And um, eventually I will... I will I will drop it. I mean, it's complicated to maintain and it takes up a lot of time. And I don't fancy the idea of making it work for PHP 8, whatever that looks like. So please don't use yours. <laughs> it's like, I've just done this work, but please don't use it. Because yeah. no, I, mean, I completely understand. It's a necessary evil, but it is an evil. And, and you should be aware that it's an evil. And, and I mean, some of the stuff it did, um, just to jump onto something else, actually, some of the stuff it did at first... It had um, a compose function to make classes at runtime, and I've actually I've actually borrowed that idea and made it into an extension that you could use in production for monkey patching and manipulating complex types of classes. And some of it's um, it's legitimate. Uh, you, you, one one use for it would be um, aspect orientated programming. Another one might uh, you could implement design by contract. Um, so yeah, some of it still, some of the good stuff still exists in in Combinator. That's really cool. There's actually so one thing you did actually touch upon a bit uh, a bit earlier on actually is a new RSC that's up, which is weak references. Uh, it'd be really great maybe to get kind of some insight into that. Like firstly, what is a weak reference? The history of weak references within PHP and like certain other you know, Peckle packages. Okay, well, when you create a variable that points to another variable or value. You've created a reference to it, and you've increased, increased its reference count by one. That's in most cases, that's what you want. That's what you want. You want that variable not to go away while you have that reference to it. But in some cases, the fact that you have a reference to it should not prohibit the garbage collector from destroying the object just because you have a reference to it. The, the most obvious use cases is with um, caching, where you want an object in a cache, but only for as long as it's reasonable. For as long as it's existing somewhere in the application, then you can access it. But you don't want the cache. You don't want the cache to be the place where the last reference exists. Because it kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? Because yeah. if a cache is the only thing that's referencing it, why have you got it around in the first place? Yeah, in some cases, that's what you want. That's what a weak reference does. It allows you to take a reference to uh, specifically an object in PHP, but it doesn't increase its ref count so that if the engine needs to destroy it, it can still be destroyed. But all the while it's alive and reachable, you can you can reach it via the weak reference. That's what a weak reference is. So h- how do you dereference it then? Because like if, you, if you've got something that is a weak reference and then you try and access it and it's not there, will just the PHP, PHP throw or something? No, it will just return null. Ah, right. Cool, cool, cool. So you can then do some guards around it and stuff so you know that this weak reference is available. Okay, so the existing API in PHP, okay, is bad. It's got a valid method and a get method. So the idea being that, like you said there, you've got some guards and you do if 
UF valid or whatever, and then in your in your branch you've got some logic. But the problem is that between the call to valid and the next call, the object could be destroyed. You need an atomic action, don't you? You, need, you just need get, and then when you get you, and and you create you you assign the result of get to a value that creates an actual reference, so that it can't be destroyed all the time that that value exists. So in your guard, it just becomes var equals ref get, and then in your branch, you've got code using the variable. And if you want it to be destroyed explicitly, I mean, it will be destroyed by the normal scope rules of PHP, like when the function goes out. But if you want it to be destroyed immediately, you just or or you don't you don't want to prohibit it. You want you want to uninhibit its destruction immediately. You just unset the variable after you've done your logic with it so that's that's how it works that makes a lot of sense and and, and one thing you mentioned actually in the rfc is the fact that in php 7.3 that peckle package will just not work uh it, it, what was what's the reasoning then behind that and like what is 7.3 doing differently each object has got um a structure of handlers that tell the engine how to free it and how to you know re- read a property or or unset a property and all that stuff on the object structure these are declared constant that means they should they're expected to be read only and then on a standard object all standard objects share the same handlers before php 7.3 this the the standard handlers were not declared constant in their declaration so that it's bad and relies on undefined behavior but you can cast away constantness and some compilers will manage it but because in 7.3 we've actually declared that the standard handlers are constant you can't change them anymore it it will segfault they are read-only memory all the way so and you know it could have always before 7.3 it relied on undefined behavior uh, casting away constantness and also it could have crashed if just an extension had decided to, to declare its handlers constant each extension has typically has its own set of handlers so um it could it could it could already be broken by various extensions but um 7.3 it will definitely break it and it wasn't it was always messy uh the way it worked was to to override these override these handlers but that's really messy business and uh, it means and it's got like it, it had like a callback mechanism as well which is it just all a can of worms so then the implementation for, implementation for Zen is actually dead simple, really, really simple code, a few hundred lines of code. doesn't touch like the garbage collector. Or, it's very, very simple. So I'm, I'm hoping um, that's kind of a no-brainer. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, we should say 7.3. So there's been a couple of um, release managers been announced for 7.3. Uh, so with 7.1 then, how long have you got left? Well, I'm on my own now because Davey just couldn't find the time to do it. And... Um, so I'm on my own. But I say I'm on my own. I mean, I've still got all the other release managers. But um, just until December, actually, um, and then and then the year of security. But uh, I can. You're off the hook. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. And then, uh, who are the the release managers in for seven three? Chris and Staz. Staz is like a veteran of PHP. He does like most of the um, security fixes himself, and has been has been involved in that for a long time as long as i remember and christoph is um recently really very active doing you know the kind of work that i i do a lot and and working on uh gd and pcre and some other stuff so they're both um, really good really good candidates 
Is there any, is there any kind of discussion around PHP eight? People throwing it out there. I know that there is a there, there already is an RSC that's been like is awaiting implementation for PHP eight. Array starting with a negative index. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, there's no real talk of PHP eight at the moment. We we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know what its like big selling points are going to be. We there's no. I don't think there's any. Um, there's not going to be another NG anyway. Uh, if, if, <laughs> you kind of throw that out there, you know, and it's just like, whoa, what the hell happened here? Yeah, but it, it, there's not going to be that kind of jump forward, I don't think. At one point, I definitely thought a JOT is going to be next in our future, but I'm not so sure now. I've spent a lot of time looking closely at that, and I just don't actually really think it's worth it. Because the performance is already, you know, kind of up there as it, as it needs to be. Yeah, and, and Zend have already tried, and it doesn't work. I mean, it does work, obviously, but for your Mandelbot roots and, and, and your um, Fibonacci functions, it, it will be really fast. But, but for your actual code, it won't. But it's a vastly complicated thing to merge in for no, for no benefit, and there will be no benefit because nobody's really writing Fibonacci functions. <laughs> Maybe next it will just be probably type system improvements maybe someone will come up with a working generics patch or something like that and we can base yeah it's the generics the comparables those kind of things yeah but i mean whenever someone mentions generics now i just tell them to shut up unless they've got a patch ready because there's so much talk about it and and it doesn't really matter what what words you say about it it matters if you can write a patch that works yeah well and exactly i liked it in your blog post it was stfu or code yeah yeah, at a certain point, it, get, it gets to um, that stage with ideas that get floated around on internals, and, and generics is definitely one of those. There's even an RFC for it, and the guy that wrote the RFC has got no intention or ability to write any implementation. He just wanted to start the conversation, which is fine, but it's gone on too long now, and it just wastes people's time to talk about how this thing should work when no one's actually working on it. And think about what that means. That means that the smartest people that work on PHP think that there's no point in working on it. Yeah, it's either too hard or just not, you know, not worth it. It's, it's probably not worth it. I mean, there's this, there's a new, I think probably because of Rasmus, there's a new interest in this. Um, you know how HHVM does or Hack does type verification. A separate piece of software server, type, like a type server thing, and then you've got a client in your IDE, and it does type type verification by static analysis. So that um, at runtime, the types are basically ignored uh, because it was already verified at, at, and, and and you know statically that the code is okay. So at runtime, it doesn't have to do these expensive type checks. And there's there's some interest in maybe trying something like that for PHP. Because Rasmus basically said that's the only thing he, he thinks is worth doing. So maybe, maybe someone will do that. What's your, what's your feeling about that? Um, well, I think Rasmus is wrong about that. I, um, I think I'll happily spend the cycles on checking the correctness of code and let the, the performance of that not be the problem of the programmer. It is, there is obviously more instructions in type checking but what it buys you is so much that i disagree that they're not worth doing at runtime i think they are worth doing at runtime the efficiency of it is not the problem of the people using php so but but i mean i can be wrong but so can he well exactly you could be wrong and right both wrong or right you know and this is it and this is what's nice about you know php is the fact that you know we have a lot of these different a lot of different people that have different views on things or similar views on things and they merge together to make something that's you know greater than than a single it's the sum of their parts 
I mean, I would like, um, I'd be interested in reading the implementation of this, um, this, this other, this other type of, you know, this static analysis based type verification. I'd be, that would be interesting to read and maybe even work on. But I think, I think, uh, something should be done. You, you'll be able to do that. Um, you, you will be able to do it, but will it be as robust as, as and reliable as, Runtime type checking will it be developed in line with the core? Will it be? Will we have our eye on that from internals and um, or or not? Or would it? Be, or would it just be better to extend internals and then and then spend time making it as fast as we can? And we can do that. We can make we can make code we can make code fast. So I think we should. That's awesome. And then finally, there is another extension that you're working on uh, that was very interesting. Uh, it's a common mark extension in PHP seven. Uh, along with that is like this new kind of CQL. I'm just wondering, could you maybe explain like what Common Mark is, uh, what the reason behind actually making this extension, and then yeah, finally, what actually is CQL? Okay, Common Mark is a specification for Markdown. Uh, Markdown's pretty ubiquitous now, but it's not standard at all. Everyone has their own take on it. Oh yeah, you get the GitHub flavors, all these different flavors of it. Is, um, I think a lot of people might might understand what um, I mean by that if I if I bring up BB code. Um, I think yeah, I think from the last generation that was a similar thing. Um, you wrote on forums and you wrote that in BB code, and, and every forum had a different version. This is this is problematic for well, lots of reasons. integration is important uh, for almost all software. So Common Mark is a is a specification for Markdown, and it comes with. Um, a reference implementation in C called CMark and an, an implementation in JavaScript called CommonMark. So the extension exposes the reference implementation. Now, there's already a PHP implement, pure PHP implementation of the CommonMark specification by the league, but it is famously slow, orders of magnitude slower than what it should really be. I don't really have an interest in fixing that. I can't remember why I was passing Markdown in the first place. I decided I would exposed the reference implementation it turned out extremely fast so started um, using it and then cql was an idea i had where uh it's sort of like xpath but nowhere near as advanced as xpath but it's for it's for navigating through the document in because the problem is if you iterate through a document with a few hundred nodes or a few thousand nodes or whatever for each node that your iterator hits you have to create a php object which can be very costly which can be costly. Well, I mean, costly compared to not creating the object, uh, because if you don't have to, because in with the with the reference implementation, the tree the tree structure that the document is in is not a not a tree of PHP objects. It's just a, a linked list, a, a linked list in C. So there's no no bug, um, baggage attached to every node. Creating a PHP object to access the node is fine, but if you don't have to, I mean that. That's better. So I came up with CQL to allow you to write um, sort of like a, a path with like forward slashes and first child, last child, next parent, siblings, and things like that. So you can navigate through the document and tell an iterator how to select nodes in the document so that you don't have to select every one. That's really cool. And so have you? how have you used this then? Have you used this like in a real life app or is it, is, was this an idea that you kind of had that you just worked on? not cql yet no i haven't used that yet but um i can't remember why i started writing it at all i can't remember why i started writing common mark at all it would have been i would have been doing something <laughs> probably stems but, from yeah. work a lot of these probably stem from work yeah i'm not sure that's good and so what is the future hole for you know like the things you're working on 
Uh, obviously, you've got the weak ref and RFC going. You've got the ID bug going on. Uh, is there any other ideas or things floating around that you're thinking of or that you started implementing? No, my head's sort of full up at the moment with the debugger stuff. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to sort of uh, change trains of thought. But um, no, that, I don't really uh, plan ahead. It could all change. It could all change. If you plan, it will go wrong. But if you just go with the flow, some cool stuff comes out usually, so... Well, I say thank you so much again, Jay, for taking the time to come on the show. It's always interesting talking to you and, uh, yeah, all the cool stuff that you do, man. And I really appreciate it. We do definitely have to make sure it's uh, less time than last time because, it's yeah, I think it was December that we last spoke. All right, then, audience. Well, it's been another great episode and we'll speak to you again next week. Goodbye. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at threedevsandamaybe.com. Or follow us on Twitter at the number three, Devs and a Maybe.